The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Milk 7000, the new milking system from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. The Milk 7000 is the world's fastest milking machine and can drain a full cattle udder dry in under 10 seconds. It's also the only commercially available suction system currently strong enough to milk a whale. For 10% off the installation cost of a Milk 7000 system in your dairy, simply use the code I'm milking to kill a whale, BB. And welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and a printed magazine, brought to you by the Milk 7000 milking machine from Mitchell's. Mitchell's actually sent a Milk 7000 system to Beef and Dairy HQ this week so we could see it in action, along with an accredited Mitchell's demonstrator called David Begus. David Begus arrived in a flatbed truck, and under a large damp towel on the back was a cheerful narwhal, which he intended to milk using the system. We're not sure what went wrong entirely, but it seems the system may have somehow been put into reverse – and instead of milking the narwhal, it instead, at great speed, filled it with milk left in the tank from a previous demonstration, causing the narwhal to burst, sending its tusk flying through the air, skewering David Begus and killing him instantly. You've no doubt seen the video online. This episode is dedicated to the memory of David Begus. A lot to get through on the show today, but first of all, something very important. I just want to make it publicly known that we have terminated the services of Handcatch PR, the PR company that we engaged to try and increase our listenership and pull us out of the financial nosedive that we found ourselves in as a result of what can only be described as a deeply ropey accountant and mounting debts to various people, including the government of Estonia, and a sizable grain debt to the actor Ted Danson. We have no reason to doubt the sincerity with which Melanie Hancatch of Hancatch PR tried to do her best, but listenership has actually fallen during her tenure, and it transpired that David Begus was also a listener, so now we're down another one. We have cut ties with Melanie, so if you'd like to get in touch with us about business partnerships, advertising, or if you'd like to buy some narwhal meat, please contact us directly. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will no doubt be aware of our weekly live quiz web stream, Beef Call. Two big bits of Beef Call news. First of all, Beef Call is now open for business 24-7-365. And to celebrate this, for the next month, the prize on every Beef Call game will be a lifetime supply of beef. That's top quality beef, guaranteed until the day you die, and an extra shipment of grief beef for your funeral. And secondly, we've decided to change the phone number, partly because there were complaints that the number was too long and hard to remember, and also because it turned out that if you mapped the numbers onto the Cyrillic alphabet, it contained a hidden message about the nature of sovereignty, national determination, and the Crimea Peninsula. So, we've decided to come up with a new number. And here it is.
1-1. That's right. The number to call is 1. And that'll work wherever you are in the world. Just punch in a 1 and let the games begin. It's also worth mentioning that because of this change, it will now be impossible to call other countries whose international dialing code begins with a 1. So sorry if you're trying to call a number in Canada, the United States of America, or many of the Caribbean countries. That now simply isn't possible. You'll press 1 and you'll go through for your chance to win a lifetime supply of beef. Oh, sorry, hang on. Hello? Hello, this is Melanie Hankatch from Hankatch PR. Okay, Melanie, um, I'll, stop, I'll stop you talk. there. I'm right in the middle of making a show at the moment, so uh, I can't, can't speak um, to you. Also, we, is, we terminated your no, contract. I'm not sure why you're calling. That is absolutely relevant. Termination or otherwise, we've got a problem. And the problem is, as I'm sure you well know, the actor Ted Danson. Oh, he's God. calling in the debt. What do you mean he's calling in the debt? We've got plenty of time to pay him back his grain. According to the endless, it's often musical and deeply horrifying messages you've been leaving on my phone, my professional uh, working phone, you've got 24 hours, you owe him 29 million tonnes of grain. And, and, you know, according to him, if you don't deposit it in his California silo within 24 hours, the consequences will be yeasty and dire. Right, Melanie, even if we had 29 million tonnes of grain, which, by the way, we do that's not... That's so much grain. How, how that's gone up so much... I it's interest. His, inter- keep... his interest rates are crazy, OK? Everyone knows you don't get grain from Danson. You know that. He's a shark. He's a grain shark. This is just absolutely ridiculous. He's ringing You're me telling me it's ridiculous, Melanie. You're telling me it's ridiculous. Even if we had 29 million tonnes of grain, there's no way on earth we could physically get it from here to a California silo in under 24 hours. Boats don't go that fast. Tell that to Danson. Well, that... That's all well and good, but he, he he keeps just repeating the loaves must be made. The loaves? The loaves. The loaves must be made. He's banging on a kettle with a little wooden stick, shouting the loaves must be made. Melanie, I don't know if this is some sort of hoax uh, on your part. I'm, I, you know, April Fool's Day <laughs> isn't rolling around for another few months. So if you just let that me get on with my job, please, because I'm in the middle of a show. I'm sorry, this Melanie. not going anywhere. Bye. You need to deal with this. Sorry about that. Now... As the curtain rises on 2021, the annual agriculture workplace injury statistics for 2020 have been published by the Farmyard Safety Commission. All the usual injuries are present. uh, Gorings, drownings in milk, semen or slurry, burns, funny turns, drinking from an enchanted urn, general hog escape and retrieval injuries, getting hoofed in the chest by a tetchy heifer, chopping your arm off with a bandsaw, chopping off your other arm while attempting to retrieve the first arm from said bandsaw, general amputations, incantations, trampling, scrampling, charlotte ramplings, and of course, being pecked on the face by an angry hen. Most of the injuries occurred with similar frequency to previous years, but the real shock was an over 8,000% rise in the number of injuries arising from someone jamming their penis into the nozzle of a milking machine. To get a medical perspective on the rise in penis milking injuries, I spoke to friend of the show, TV doctor Sam Archer probably best known for his appearances on BBC Radio 4's A Little of What Ails Ye, and his recent Channel 5 series, The Great Big British Celebrity Antibiotics Challenge. I began by asking Dr Sam what sort of injuries he has seen as a result of someone slipping their secret sundial into a milking machine. First things first, you see a lot of death. Um, I'd say just under half the people who have a, a, a misadventure with one of these machines um, will, will, will die as a result. That um, is high. Yeah, it's anything from, um, you know, a blood loss to blunt force trauma to one man who um, the village found out he'd been doing it and he, um, he died of shame. 
Um, what about the people then who, who do survive? You've got just under half are, are dying, sadly, and then the rest mm-hmm. are surviving. They're alive. But I imagine some pretty horrible injuries. The worst one I've seen is a, a relatively young man who was actually, he was drawn into the machine and he was turned fully inside out by the machine. He's still alive. He's still, you know, he's still around. Let me just picture this. The, the kind of the skin is on the inside now, like yes. a burst sausage sort of turned inside out. He's managed to turn his eyes around so he can see out, luckily. But, um, but you know, he, he is an inside out man. You can see his, his organs and his, his interior workings. So he's kind of like um, that, that style of architecture, like the Pompidou Centre in Paris, where all the escalators are on the outside. And- he's experimenting certainly with some very um, divisive human architecture, I'd say. But he is alive. I mean, I'm finding that hard to believe because is it viable to have all your organs on show all the time? It's not ideal. He was a farmer. He can't farm anymore. Um, he, he can't walk the land. His feet are too tender. He has a, a sort of a chamber filled with a kind of a, um, a synthesized amniotic fluid that he bobs around in quite happily. I guess if I had to sort of cut, uh, try and create an image for you, it would be the children of Rick Moranis in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when they're in the cereal, in the Cheerios, um, and they're sort of bobbing around in there. But he's not panicked. He's not worried Rick Moranis is going to eat him. He's, he's actually quite content in there. He seems happy. Right. That's quite a calm image, isn't it? That, like a huge cereal bowl just bobbing around. It's quite nice, quite peaceful. Yeah, I think he's found a version of peace. He, there are some things he misses. Um, he can't really eat anymore. Uh, he sort of just absorbs nutrients through the fluid that needs to be sort of... From the Cheerios. Uh, there aren't actually... Ah, right, okay, sorry. No, uh, that, when, that was just a comparison. There aren't any Cheerios in the fluid. I think if they came into contact with his sort of exposed flesh, that would cause pain. So, so it's, just, like, it's just the fluid that's in there. Right. But he could try the Cheerio thing because... You know, if you sweetened the amniotic fluid, it might might be quite nice for him. I, you know, I'm just just spitballing it. You know, I'm not a scientist, but um, I I believe the sort of it's severe change for his body chemistry. I, I I think that would result in death. That that's as a as a medical expert, that would be what I what I thought. But what a way to go! Yeah, I mean, you know, what's quite strange is that because he's now just got a constant source of food, there's a chance he might live forever. So, you know, we, we need to think about how maybe drawing his life to a close at some point in some natural way, and maybe we could consider it then, because otherwise he would just continue absorbing nutrients and existing. And I guess sort of in, in the other extreme, he, he might become incredibly powerful, incredibly sort of intelligent, and then we'd probably need to call it a day. So have you got that power to decide whether he lives or dies? Is that, is that in your gift? Um, I mean... All you need to do is uh, visit the, the barn on the Rockcliffe Path, if you, if you know sort of where I live. Uh, just open that barn, you'll see a tank in there. And I think anyone could end his life sort of instantly, uh, just tip over the tank and, and leave him to sort of flounder like a fish. So is that an open invitation to listeners of the podcast to, to go and do that? Please don't kill him. Um, he's very vulnerable and it, you, could, you could do it. No one would know you were there. You could do it in like three seconds and then just be out. It'd be the perfect crime, really. But please, please don't. That'd be my my sort of request, I guess, to your listeners. Just don't, please don't murder this unfortunate man. Yeah, but at the same time, you did you did give out his address. So subconsciously, it feels like you probably do want someone to tip over the tank. I did, didn't I? I just really, yeah, sorry. I, I, it's on Rockcliffe, the, yeah, the barn there. And that's that's in Surrey, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that in myself, I guess. I'll um, I'll go away and think. Do I want him 
am I scared of the potential power he might have, were he to live forever? And sort of, do I want someone else to do my dirty work? Oh, that's interesting. That's a... I'll ponder on that. Because I've not, I've, I've not personally met Kenneth, obviously, and... Um... He can do. He, uh, he's on the barn off, uh, off Rockcliffe, uh, the Rockcliffe Pass near Guildford. So, so what exactly is it that you're worried that, that Kenneth will become? Is it, you know, that he'll become a sort of all-seeing super brain who can harness the power of plants and animals to bring humanity to its knees? Is it, is it that sort of thing? Possibly. I mean, uh, uh, like I say, at present, Kenneth is just floating around in a tank in his barn, quite serene. So, no, I guess he's got no plans as of yet to make that a reality, but, you know, watch this space. And as I say, the space is um, it's on the Rockcliffe Road, it's in the barn off the Rockcliffe Road near, near Guildford. Um, and as I say, it would just take seconds. You just, I mean, you, would, you probably wouldn't even need to get out of the car. You could just drive the car sort of into the barn, then tip it up and then just reverse out of there. No, no one could, um, no one would know just, you Just there. tip the tank over with the frontier car, just push it over. yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you know, just uh, use the use the bumper to sort of pierce the the glass. It's not it's not sort of thick glass. Let the fluid drain out, and um... he'd be dead in seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be that the shock of even seeing uh, of seeing that the, the fluid is draining would would kill him. So yeah, and then everyone's safe. Exactly. You know, finally, order would be restored to the universe. More from Doctor Sam later. Oh, sorry. Hang on, Melanie Hankatch, Hankatch PR. Please tell me you've solved this dancing problem because oh, m- things are getting weird. Melanie, look, as I said before, I'm in the middle of a show. So have you shipped it? Can you keep? The, what do you mean? Have I shipped it? No, we haven't got. We haven't have got. Have you shipped it? We haven't got any grain. Okay, Melanie. So I don't know how you're imagining I could suddenly you've magic not, it up and ship it. You've not got any grain. Do you not? You've not got any. You need grain. You need not just a bit of grain. You need 29 million tons of grain. You so how did you imagine, Melanie, in the last mix. 10 minutes, I was able to magic up 29 million tons of grain? What's your suggestion then? If we can't give him the grain that he not only requires but deserves, what, what's your plan? Because okay, I'm Melanie. getting freaked out. Melanie, you are, a, you are a PR professional, okay? You've got the gift of the gap, right? That's your, that's your job. Thought. So... Uh, that's- that's Just true. Sweet talk him. Reason with him. Sweet talk actor Ted Danson. Actor Ted Danson cannot listen. He can only speak. And increasingly, that, those words are just low howls. I think I can hear, I can make out words within them, but every word turns my heart to pastry. I hate this. The lobes have to be made. Would he accept money? You know, uh, there's a reason why money was created as a mode of transaction. That there's a reason, you know, we we can get him money almost instantaneously. So, you know, you we... well, you know as well as I do, he does not consider money to be anywhere near the order that grain can give. But you can try. I mean, if you've not got any grain at this point, the, the sordid coin may suffice. Okay, well, we don't. You know, we also don't have that much money, so certainly not enough to well, buy twenty nine million tons of grain uh but we've got well, some how much do you have well what have you got what is it 12, 28 million tons no how much can you put it this way it's probably enough to buy a nintendo switch a couple of controllers oh my god animal crossing you think danson's gonna be satisfied by being able to play mario kart he doesn't have any friends he's just got the open hills and and, and the chase he needs his silo his california silo to be full to the brim with delicious grain Look, I, I get it, Manly, I do, but I'm right in the middle of a show at the moment. Look, I, uh, just oh my God. Um, try and reason with him. I can hear something. Sorry, I'm just calling again. Sorry, I've, I've got to hang up. Sorry, bye. I can hear it, please. 
That's right, another little reminder, the new number for Beef Call is one. Just press the number one and you're through for your chance to win a lifetime supply of beef. This is apparently already causing problems in countries where the number for the emergency services starts with a one. Uh, That's almost every European country, the majority of Asian and African countries, a few countries in South America and various other places. By making the number one the number for Beef Call, we've essentially cut off the emergency services for over half the world's population. But it's for the best. Think of it this way. In an emergency situation, that might be someone's last opportunity to call Beef Call. Now, back to our big story this month, the huge rise in penis injuries arising from milking machines. To talk about this trend, I spoke to milkmaid Tessa Esler, who currently works at the Mary's Hands Dairy in Dorset. Tessa has appeared on the show before, an interview with her and her then-fiancé, the bovine arsevet Bob Truscothic, about how they had met on the Beef Encounters dating app. However, as you may remember, their relationship broke down in the studio during the interview, as, among other things, she discovered that Bob doesn't like milk. You know, not, you know I'm not that keen on milk. Sorry. What? I've told you that. You're no, comfortable you with that. told me that. What do you mean? You're of course not, I've told you that. Ke- it's just a thickness for a drink. Do you know what? I actually like milkshake. Actually, if you push it a bit milkshake thicker. Milkshake is thicker than milk. Yeah. Well, how can you say milk is too a, thick? For what me, is wrong it's just with you? uncomfortable. Who doesn't like milk? I spoke to Tessa earlier this week. Tessa, thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, last time you were on the show, just to, just to get rid of this elephant in the room, mm. we basically witnessed your marriage, well, your, My engagement. your engagement, that's right, breaking down. Yeah. You were going to be married to Bob Truscothic as a result of uh, some information that came out during that interview about Bob's... He didn't like milk. Yes, didn't like milk, also had two secret children, one of whom was in prison in Florida that you didn't know about. But he didn't like milk, that was... That was really... Yeah. And and amazing that you hadn't found that out already, you know, before becoming engaged, Mm. given that you are a milkmaid. I wonder how that happened. But um, we we witnessed that and and you are now not married to Bob, so we can assume that 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 marriage didn't go ahead. No, after the episode, we had a huge argument, (laughs) as you remember, and I walked out and um, it was over. And I, yeah, threw his ring into a cow and... You threw his ring into a cow? Yes, I just gave one of my girls the signal and she opened her mouth, threw it in, and Bob knew what that meant in the language of milkmaid. That is, you don't go back from that. So let's talk about the matter at hand. You will have no doubt seen the figures that were published this week, the 2020 workplace injury stats. Um, you've been pretty vocal this week on on Twitter about this. And, and you know, it's interesting to read what you wrote. You seem to suggest that actually this is part of a bigger problem. It, it's not just to do with, you know, mm. what someone may want or, or not want to do with their penis. We all know what they want to do with their penises, and that's up to them, and in their own private barns, fair enough. But when you come into a milking bay, into a dairy, it's not hygienic to shove it in there. I don't need to be, you know, a doctor to tell you that. I don't need to be... I've gone to university to know you shouldn't put your dick in a nozzle. It's not popular opinion, but I believe if you want to have a sanitary environment, you should only employ milkmaids. And that's how it's always been. Hundreds and hundreds of years, only milkmaids, back to the, you know, the cave people. And since we've added men uh, from the 1960s, obviously the men fought vociferously to have the right to milk. 
and we let them in, then I just think where the situation we're in now is terrible. You think that was a mistake, do you? The, that liberalisation of the milking laws? and I do, I do. And I know, you know, people say to me, Tessa, you can't say that. Well, I have. When, when I think about the 60s, obviously it was a time of great liberalisation across the board. Mm. And actually, yes. many rights were secured for women as well. So it was a, it was a two-way process, wasn't it, where women were also getting um, various rights. Yes, and I, I really, you know, we needed change. I'm not saying we didn't need change because the smocks, you know, only available in blue and white gingham doesn't suit everybody. And it was marvellous when they said, you don't have to wear a smock, you don't have to wear a hessian. And if you want a four-legged stool instead of, three or two traditional one of course if you're going very extreme that's marvelous and you know um bessie you know she sits in a a plastic wheelie office chair for her milking and she can adjust it herself and she can wheel about marvelous i think some things needed to change i just think when the men came into the dairy the boundaries weren't set clearly Let's talk about your work situation. You're currently at Mary's mm. Hands, which is a very well-known... Mary's Hands. Quite a traditional yes. dairy. You know, there are no men there, as far as I'm aware. It's a woman-only dairy. Nope. And also, you don't actually use machines in your dairy. It's a, it's a nope. hand-drawn milking process. Hand-drawn milking process. We all sit on... Well, apart from, as I said, Bessie does use the office chair, but most of us use a traditional stall. We're in the blue smocks, hessian aprons, and about... I'd say about three years ago, we let a radio in. That's the kind of working environment. Why do you think that over the years, there's a kind of sexual charge that people associate with the dairy? Okay, so, Mm. you know, I don't want to be too lewd and I don't want to suggest anything that isn't true. But there's, um, you know, going back to Shakespeare, there's always that suggestion that milkmaids give the best hand jobs. You Mm. know, as as Othello says uh, in Act 2, Scene 1. Yes. Yes. He's saying that he he was he 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 the night before was tossed off by ten maids o milk. Ten maids o milk did come upon my face as if thy dairy was in this place. Hark yet no more see thy white liquid here. Tis not semi skim, nay, Yargo. Tis more, tis seed of man. Oh yes. We have Willie Shakes to blame for that, don't we? He started it off, but I think I think some women probably were giving hand jobs and milking cows to make a little bit extra. And it's stuck. This lusty image of a milkmaid, I think, is is um, a little rose-tinted, shall we say. Do you have situations where, where people come into the dairy, you know, asking for, for that? Well, <laughs> yes, you, I think maybe once or twice we've had that sort of thing and we've just, just spat on the person. Just spat and then shooed them away like a goose. And that's how you should treat them, like a a violent goose. Just kick them, kick them in the dick or smack their beak. Disgusting. Well, taking it back to workplace injuries, one final thing to talk about really is what about the argument that as these milking machines are becoming more powerful, um, Mm. for example, you know, this year saw the introduction of the Mitchell's Milk 7000. And full disclosure, this episode's actually being sponsored by that piece of machinery. So... Sorry, I did not know that. Oh, okay. I did not know that. But carry on. Right, well, that machine claims to be able to milk a cow dry in under 10 seconds. Incredible if you, if you see it happening. Absolutely incredible. You know, if, if it can milk a cow dry in 10 seconds, what it will do to a penis it doesn't, doesn't bear thinking about. 
Oh, well, in a way, I hope they do try. I hope Curiosity does kill the penis because they were in for a big shock. If it's milking a cow dry in 10 seconds, it's killing a man in eight. Well, that's what I mean. Do, do these companies, and we are sponsored by one of them, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I am going to maintain my, uh, my objective overview here. Are these companies making machines that are too powerful because they know what's going to happen because, for some reason, those milking nozzles are irresistible to a certain kind of person? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you want to take it up with Mitchells. Take it up with them. Some of the machines that they bought into the dairy over the past 10 years have corrupted, destroyed many innocent lives. More after this. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Milk 7000, the new milking system from Mitchells. If it's not Mitchells, get back in the truck. The Milk 7000 isn't just the world's fastest milking machine. It can also be reversed to fire a jet of pressurized milk up to two miles with enough force to cut a man in half. Perfect for protecting your dairy from enemies. For 10% off the installation cost of a Milk 7000 system, simply use the code ALLMILKYEASUNDER. Well, Tessa, it's been very interesting talking to you. Um, You've got a very forthright opinion there. It's not one that I think... Can I say what I think of it? Just... Oh, please do. Everyone on Twitter does. I'm used to it. I think that you you want to turn back the clock um, mm-hmm. to an imagined utopia that probably never existed. I know what you mean. And, you know, that's what's the problem with Bob. I'm an idealist. I'm a romantic. And I looked past so many red flags with him. So many. You know, the wife, the children he never told me about, mm-hmm. the lies. The fact he didn't like milk. The fact he didn't like milk. The fact that he was a bovine ass doctor. I just, so many things I excused. And I, I, I do think I am an idealist. And, but I think if we can't dream, if we can't try and find our own utopias right now, what can we do? Hallå, kan ni snälla skicka en ambulans så snart som möjligt? Min, min penis har fastnat i en mjölkmaskin. Alltså jag behöver en ambulans. Hello and welcome to Beef Call. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hallå, jag behöver en ambulans. Jag behöver en ambulans. So, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm afraid this is going to take place in English, if you can speak English. Welcome to Beef Call. Sorry, hello. Is this, I'm calling the, the Swedish Emergency Services. Is this it? No, this isn't the Swedish Emergency Services. But the good news is that you're through to the world's premier beef-themed quiz live stream. It's Beef Call. Beef Call. Beef Call. Beef Call. Beef call. Beef call. Uh, no, um, I'm, I, I just need an ambulance. It's, uh, it's very urgent. You see, my, well, my penis is trapped in a, in a milking machine and it's sucking it in and it's really painful. Can you send help, please? So, you're, sorry, your penis is trapped in a, in a milking machine? In a milking machine, yes, here at the farm. And I just need an ambulance or, I don't know, a fire engine or someone to come and help me because I can't get out and it's very painful and I'm scared. OK, well, well, we'll, we'll be able to send help if you answer today's big question correctly. Oh, uh, okay, but I, just, I don't want a question. I just want to get out. Do you want to play the quiz? I really don't. I just want help. I just want help to get out of this machine. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Well, you, you, we, we can't send any help until you uh, try your hand at the quiz. Well, ask the question then. Okay, well, let's, uh, do, let's do the quiz. So what's your name and where are you calling from? Well, 
my name is Magnus and I'm calling from, I mean, from, from my shed here in Sweden uh, because I'm a farmer. But it doesn't matter. All that matters is that I'm in a lot of pain right now and I need help. OK, so great. Let's play The Big Question. The Big Question. Today's big question is, which is the larger breed of cattle on average? Is it the Normand or the Brown Swiss? Oh, I don't, I don't know. What kind of question is this? I just want to, I just want to help. I can't, I, I can't even feel my genitals right now. Uh, is it the Normand or the Brown Swiss? Which one's largest? Have a guess. I don't know, Normand. Let's see if that's correct. Yes, it's correct, the Normand. Congratulations. Oh, great. Thank you. Can you send help now then? Uh, help is on its way, uh, Magnus. Yes, don't worry about that. Help oh. is on its way. Yes. Thank you. If you Thank just uh, you. give us your address, we'll be uh, sending you a lifetime supply of beef. What? What? That's right, a lifetime supply. You, you heard me correctly. A lifetime supply of top quality beef on its way to you as we speak. I don't want beef. I just want my penis to be in one piece. Ow. Okay, well, enjoy that beef, no, Magnus. Enjoy your beef. Ow, no. Ow. Now back to my interview with Dr. Sam Archer. I asked Dr. Sam whether there's a psychological element to the harm caused by self-milking. Okay, so there's one man who has actually had quite a a successful relationship with his milking machine. Nothing's gone wrong yet, and uh, touch wood, I think nothing will. But I I spoke to his wife, and his wife said that sort of recently he's been asking her to do things. He's been asking her to, like, hold up coat hangers or a tin tray in front of her face to make herself look more robotic or mechanical. I see. Yes. So I I think that what's happening there is that someone has sort of fallen in love with the milking machine and is now trying to replicate that in their home life. Yes. And no matter what that wife does, Mm. you know, no matter how hard she tries, she's never going to have that hydraulic piston action milking arm. Tragic. And she asked me, she said, like, what, you know, could I could I look into getting a hydraulic milking piston arm? And I said, to be honest, it's in the long run, I think I think you, you wouldn't enjoy it. It's got one it's got one purpose. You're sort of limiting yourself to what you can do with your arms. So I said, keep the arms you've got, maybe go into marriage guidance or something like that. So we've obviously got this um, this big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there in the stats. Yes. And the government have said that there's going to be some kind of public information campaign to try and get the message across that you know this is a bad thing to do Mm -hmm. but we're not sure exactly what form that's going to take what would you say to someone who maybe you know hasn't ever tried this before and and, you know has just got a job at a dairy let's say and can't help but uh, notice that the milking nozzles are you know the exact size and shape um of his barley twist I, I would really encourage people to exercise some impulse control. Remember that there are people out there who want to drink milk and that for all the time that you have your little gecko stuck in the machine, a cow isn't getting milked and that milk isn't getting into people's uh, cereal, into their tea, into their cheese. And not, not just that, I, th- I believe I'm right in saying that since 2008, I think, mm-hmm. because of new regulations, if someone has been found to have put their little pint-sized mm-hmm. Toby jug, into the milking machine, then all of the milk that had been extracted by that machine for the entire 24-hour period beforehand is deemed spoiled and is poured away. Exactly. And that's litres and litres and litres of milk, which is just thrown away. Yeah. And 
you know, if it was up to me, I would still mm-hmm. drink it. I would, I would drink it. I would sell it because, you know, tainted is, is a strong word. Sorry, as a doctor, I have to say that any milk that has been in contact with anyone's flesh calippo needs to be disposed of. It's just not sanitary enough. I'm not, I'm not saying that I, w- I want to drink that stuff more than 100% clean milk. Okay. It just sounded, it sounded like that's what you were saying. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, okay. you know, you could slide in your, your little secret lighthouse for 10 seconds mm-hmm. and that somehow spoils a whole 24 hours worth yes, of milk. Yeah. That, that's an overreaction, isn't it? Uh, I'm sorry. I, once again, as a doctor, I have to put my foot down that I have to say that any milk running through a machine which has at some point that day without being sterilized, being in contact with someone's piccolo, you need to, you need to dispose of it. It's just not healthy. Well, I'll, I'll take your word for it because you're a doctor. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I remain skeptical, let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I mean, you're more than welcome to try it. There's obviously ways in your own home that you can see what that would that would taste like um no 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 i'm I'm not i'm not talking about taste i don't i don't actively want it to taste bad or or taste tainted or anything like that i'm just saying that like if you think back to the olden days Mm -hmm. you know they would milk a cow into a muddy bucket and then distribute that warm milk to the waiting children and that was fine uh okay but i would i would say that those muddy buckets while they probably contain mud and a few other things that no point had in them anyone's weasel so is it then your opinion as a doctor in your experience mm-hmm. that when we're talking about someone's corned beef maypole that's basically the, the least sanitary thing possible yeah i think it's pretty much the most unsanitary thing you can do i'd say that you know short of squatting down over that bucket and you know producing your own backyard fudge sausage you're not going to find anything worse now obviously we've got we've got the hard data so we know mm-hmm. you know roughly how many people are doing this I don't yes. think that every mm-hmm. instance of this happening will be officially recorded. I think many people, you know, will feel embarrassed. They won't come forward necessarily to seek medical help. Um, mm-hmm. They might seek, seek the advice of a, a backstreet vet, maybe. Yes. Um, also, looking at the numbers here, um, yeah. in order to get them out and get them published, they haven't actually yet included mm-hmm. the numbers from December 2020. They've included right, yes. an, an estimation uh, for December, but, you know, December the, being the festive period, it feels to me as if, you know, that's a potential time when this kind of thing might be happening a bit more than in the other months, you know, a bit of a danger zone. So may it be that actually the numbers are skewing lower than the, than the reality? I, I would. Obviously, the festive period is one that's full of milk. People have their Yule milk, they'll have their Midnight Mass milk. And then, not to mention, of course, Beefhead Day, where obviously uh, some some aromatic milk is thrown into the face of a, a malefactor of some kind. There's a lot of milk being used there. Yeah. So what you're getting at is, you know, there's a, a lot of demand for milk during December. And so a lot of people are going to have to spend a lot more time mm-hmm. in the dairy, you know, um, where their eyes may wander. Exactly. A lot of milk production, a lot of pressure on those people, a lot of pressure for those people to deliver, a lot of people looking to relieve pressure. That's how they choose to do it. And suddenly, suddenly it all starts again. And I'd say just, just make sure you have someone to speak to. Go on my website as well. And there's a little drop down menu and you can sort of talk about, oh, I'm feeling stressed. What do I want to do? I want to put, put it in the, the milking machine. And then it, the website shows you an appropriate GIF that will calm you down. So the, the GIF is tailored to your specific kind of stress. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, you know how GIFs work. One GIF fits all doesn't quite work. Some might need a bird. Other people might need something more basic, like a, a ball bouncing down some stairs. But we've got GIFs for all needs. Do you think that's enough then, a GIF? You know, you're, you're saying that, you know, maybe the cause of this really is stress. Mm-hmm. And there are people, you know, they're feeling that they're so stressed that their only way out is to ram their pink Pringles tube into the gaping more of the machine. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think a GIF is is going to unseat those feelings? We just have to do what we can. Like, I, I think we've, we are seeing some results. We have seen a, a gradual and slight decline. Well, that's something, isn't it? And um, I, for one, am glad that it's something that you're taking seriously as a doctor. Indeed, yes. I'm glad you're seeing numbers falling. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that throughout this year, numbers will continue to fall and that by next year, a whole new injury is, is plaguing our workers. Will take its place. No, I, I, have, I have faith. I think we're coming out the other side of it now much like the man who was dragged through the milking machine. Yeah, he's our inspiration. Let's get out the other side of this. Thanks to Dr Sam Archer for that interview. What's become clear to me is that this is a huge issue, and it simply isn't going away. Indeed, we've had a number of letters this week on this issue, but there was one that hit me like a narwhal tusk through the heart. Anonymous writes, I work at a dairy in East Anglia, and after work... I got into the habit of volunteering to lock up and staying behind and rogering the milking machine. As time went on, I began to turn up the machine stronger and stronger until one day my cock and balls were clean torn off. The news got out and people now think I'm a pervert, but that's not fair. The impulse that led me to give my body to the machine was nothing more than curiosity. We used to live in a world where curiosity was valued. Do you know who else was curious? Sir Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton discovers gravity and he's put on a banknote. I cram my dick into a milking machine night after night. And yet I'm branded a pervert. Where's the justice in that? That's right, the new number for Beef Call is one. We've already become the world's most butt-dialed number, so be careful. And remember, depending on where you live, it can cost up to £500 a minute. So, oh, sorry. Melanie, I'm catching catch PR. Melanie. I think he's here. What do you mean? I think he's Who's there? I heard a noise. Can you hear that? It's the low, the low bell of dancing. Bell? Please tell me you've got the great... I'm, I'm hiding in the cellar in a cardboard box. Melanie, is is Ted dancing in your house? I can hear some claws on wood. I think he's I think he's broken it. I don't think he can get me where I am, but any minute now he could he could find me. I think I've taken refuge in a, in a cardboard box in, in the cellar. You're in a cardboard box? Recyclable material. That's the only thing he fears. He, he, he doesn't like recycling he, he, he says it's the only form of reincarnation that he has not complete power over but oh my god do you have the money please look i've uh, got so much pr left to do okay okay mommy uh is there any chance that he would accept a, a lifetime supply of beef i can't say yes or no but i, I do know one thing and it's that dancing respects beef over coin 
Okay. Uh, in which case, I think I, I've got an idea. Please, quickly, please. Okay, time for our next caller. Welcome to Beef Call. Uh, hi. Hello, welcome to Beef Call. What's your name and where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Beef and Dairy Network. What's your name, caller? Ah. Uh, What's your name? What's my name? I... I don't... What's your name? Um... That's the sound your penis hears when you push it into a milking machine. Introducing your genitals to milking machinery can lead to shame, injuries, death, and hundreds of liters of spoiled milk. Respect milk. Respect yourself. Respect your todger. Remember, you only get one penis. Remember, just one. 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 So, that's all we've got time for this month. If you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to the website now, where you'll find all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we find out everything you need to know about selling narwhal ivory on the black market. So until next time... Beef out. Thanks to Natasha Hodgson, Carrie Ad Lloyd, Tom Neenan, Mike Wozniak, Linus Karp, and Tim Bick. And a couple of things before I go. Natasha, who plays Melanie Handcatch, has her own podcast out. It's relatively new. It came out at the end of last year, been made with the BBC. It's called The Sink. And it is really fantastic. If you've got any interest in kind of um, slightly horror-tinged or kind of anxiety-tinged kind of weird drama comedy, you absolutely have to listen to it. It's it's my favourite podcast of last year, hands down. So that's The Sync. Also, I've made a show on Radio 4, written along with Mike Wozniak, who's on the show a lot, and Henry Packer, who's also been on Beef and Dairy a lot. We write together a lot. I've said the words a lot, a lot. But uh, we've got a pilot on Radio 4 called Under the Lid. Uh, it also stars Carrie Ed Lloyd, who's in this episode, and other fantastic people. It's just a one-off at the moment, as it's a pilot, but you can find it uh, if you search for Under the Lid BBC on Google. And I'm interested, I don't know if you can listen to it. You can certainly listen to it if you're in Britain. I don't know whether there's some kind of um, geographical fuckery that goes on, which means that you can't listen in America. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I'm sure you can find a way on the dark web. So that's under the lid. 
Oh, you can also definitely find it on the BBC Sounds app, if you've got that. Um, I hope the beginning of 2021 is, uh, is treating you kindly. And until next time, goodbye. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Keisha. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total with <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, working out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make <laughs> one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. The Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future, featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.